I'll never forget this. I'm letting it go. I'm releasing it. Uh, <laughs> You're releasing it go. from your psyche right now. Yes, right now. Talking about it. Uh, but I remember they, you know, I always had bad periods. Hello, I have endometriosis now. We know why. But every month, you know, she'd be like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm just having a really bad I'm having a really bad period this month. I'm having a really bad period this month. And I remember one month they said, well, is it like every month, the worst period you've ever had? And I had so many feelings about it because I was like, fucking yes, it is, <laughs> you know? And at that uh, point I didn't know why. And they had never had any sort of period pain ever you know, doesn't deal with hormonal issues at all. So it's just like this area of like, you don't get it. You don't get it. And so mm-hmm. having a group who, who gets it is just so important. You know, even if you have the most supportive family and the most supportive partner, you know, if they just don't get it. Hi, and welcome to the Endo Bay podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Bree. I'm an ultrasound tech turned endometriosis coach, positivity and self-love advocate, a seven on the Enneagram, and I am a proud dog mom. And I'm on a mission to help you live more positively with endometriosis and be happy in your body. On the Endo Bay podcast, we're gonna dive deep into all things endometriosis, mindset, self-love, health, and so much more. This is a badass podcast for badass endo babes, and I want you to leave this podcast feeling inspired and empowered on your own health journey with more confidence and the belief that you too can have more good days than bad. Are you with me, babes? See you in the podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Endo Babe podcast. So today is a really fun episode. I chatted with four of my very best endo friends, all who I have met through the endo community online, like hashtag shout out. Thank you, Instagram. (laughs) We really chatted about the importance of having like a positive support group when you're living with a chronic illness. And by supportive and like positive, I mean a group that goes deeper than the trauma bonding, because there are a lot of groups in the endo space that really center around negativity and hate and anger towards our body, towards doctors, towards the illness, and why it's important to have that positive, empowering community when you're trying to learn how to manage your endometriosis in a way that works for you, right? And your body and live well with the illness. And It was just a very fun episode. You get to know four of my very best endo friends and just a little bit about our stories, how we got to know each other and just the community that we've built. And if you're listening to this episode and you're thinking to yourself like, man, I wish that I had a group that I can connect with. I wish that I had anything like that is why I do what I do. Right. And that's why that's what I'm here for. <laughs> um, so you can ha- join the Facebook group. We we were just chatting in the episode and we decided that'd probably be the best option um, is that if you're wanting that support and you're wanting that community and that positivity and a group that goes like deeper than the trauma bonding, the Facebook group is the best place for you. And we'd love to have you there. So I'll go ahead and link it in the show notes and join, come hang out with us. I'll put, um, I'll tag everybody that was in this episode and I'll put it in the group as well. Just if like you resonated with somebody a little bit more, like we are all very open and willing to chat with you about what you're going through and we love you. And let's dive into the episode. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Endo Babe podcast. I am so excited today. I have four of my favorite endo besties here, Barbara, Julie, Jordan, and Stacy, And we are really just here to talk to you guys about friendship and how like we've leaned on each other through these since we've like met each other from the very beginning, essentially, and how our friendship has grown and why it's so important to have that support system when you're living with chronic illness and 
you have a panic attack because your side hurts or <laughs> you literally think you're dying. Like It's just so nice to be able to have that little group that you can connect with, talk with. And I'm just uh, very excited for you guys to meet all of them. Welcome, ladies. Hey. <laughs> um, this might be a shit show because there's five of us on here. <laughs> Um, so multiple of us have ADHD, so yeah, a real fun. For Raise sure. your hand if you have ADHD. One, two, three. Okay, three out of five. Three out of five. Five out of five. It sounds like drugs. I don't know. Undiagnosed. Trauma. What? It's like <sighs> determining the difference between a trauma response and ADHD. It's very difficult to tell. Honestly. Yeah, I was gonna say it's also so. difficult to tell between pain and an anxiety attack. <laughs> mm. And when they're both happening, you don't know what's going on. <laughs> and then I just when you get like things and that was not good. I should not Google things. My god, literally never Dr. Google. You'll yeah, not dying every time. It never I fails. Google. It's either that or it's like it's nothing. <laughs> You're fine. Okay. Oh, I'm being gaslit by Google. Cool. <laughs> Thanks. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're fine. Go to Rite Aid. Put a band-aid on it. <laughs> oh no, remember when the, all the nurses at school would be like, put some ice on it, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. I would go yeah. to the nurse with cramps and they would be like, do you want some ice? Oh my God, Julie, is that oh, why no. you had a panic attack today when I mentioned ice? You're like, <laughs> no, ice. She said, fuck ice. Yeah. <laughs> I said, fuck ice. I did. I said, fuck it, ice. It's coming full circle. Oh gosh. That makes more sense. Have the trauma memories that just come back out. Did your school have real ice packs, or was it just a frozen paper towel in a baggie? Because that's a week. <laughs> frozen paper towel in a baggie, and like you would oh, wait no. till the ice melted enough to like suck on it, like a weirdo. That's what I would do. Yeah, <laughs> I literally still do that. So we all have the same childhood. This is amazing. Yeah. I, endo endo people have all lived very similar lives. <laughs> It is surprising, like it how is. many similarities there are between all so of us. Good. Millennial children, I'm, I'm 29. I know <laughs> you're almost there, though. So close. <laughs> I'll see, Barbara. You're 29 too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got one more year. Barbara 93. just had a birthday. Yeah. Oh, happy, happy birthday, belated. Barbara! Thanks. Had a are birthday. Pisces? I am Pisces. My birthday I'm was Aquarius. <laughs> Julie announces that she's an Aquarius eight times a day. So <laughs> if I it do. happens again in this podcast, you've been warned. I will yeah. probably say all three of my signs today. <laughs> I bet you really don't. <laughs> that actually is very funny because I remember the first time I had a conversation with you, Julie, you told me you were an Aquarius. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Clearly <laughs> so much. It just says so much. It's so cute. I avoid my feelings and I'm a fucking weirdo and I don't care that I'm a weirdo. <laughs> You don't avoid your feelings. Not anymore. Not You're anymore. It. I don't yeah. have I don't have a choice. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you probably dig deeper in there than most people. I have to now. Mm-hmm. You're great. My, therapist, my therapist does not take jokes as as a deflection. <laughs> she laughs at me and goes, Okay, keep talking. No, it's not <laughs> funny. Not it's done. serious, is it? <laughs> TikTok. Yes, exactly. Oh, well, let's kind of talk about how we all met and yeah we'll go from there so I mean everybody that's listening to the podcast you all know me you know a little bit of my story I guess we could like go around and everybody share a little bit about your stories who wants to start I'm gonna call Barbara out get after it yes Barbara um so Chelsea and I met via Instagram um she reached out to me I don't know how did I follow you did you follow me I don't remember how that happened I don't remember because it was like the very beginning, like twenty nine, like early twenty nineteen. Yeah, it was. Yeah, but regardless, um, Chelsea reached out, and then we worked together, and then we actually met and went to the Endo Babe conference February, March twenty twenty, like right before, right before COVID. Yeah, at the Endo Summit. <clears throat> yeah, um, and then my Endo journey started. Um, I can't remember the year, but it was the summer before senior year of high school, I was diagnosed, um, and I had an ablation and that's the only surgery I've had. Um, and it took me months 
of just like going to the ER like every month um, until finally my pediatrician was like, you know, maybe it's endometriosis. Here's like the name of a gynecologist and then, um, or like a different gynecologist. So then I saw her and then she did the ablation. And then I've just kind of been like band-aiding it ever since. Um, I found an excision surgeon and then, um, the pandemic happened and things kept getting canceled. And I just kind of fell off the wagon of it and just pushed it away. So that's where we are. I'm sure there's a lot of people that that's happened to. More than not, I think. Yeah, probably. And how are you feeling now? Um, well, I mean, I just got engaged, so I'm feeling pretty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but <laughs> physically I've been okay. Um, and I don't know if it's because, so I had the Morena IUD. I mean, I still have it. It's still in there. It's its five year mark in October and I didn't have it taken out. Um, Barbara. I know. It's <laughs> just like, it's cheapish giggle. And I don't know if it's because it's expired, so the hormones aren't there anymore, but I've actually been feeling better. Oh. Um, I have an appointment, so I am getting it out. I just haven't <laughs> yet. Chronic illness right there. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you fall off the wagon, you're like, I'm I'm off the wagon. <laughs> Fully off. I'm, I'm so off the it. wagon that it's going to take me a lot longer to get back on it than I want to. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah, oh, we have. for sure. Um, I will say removal of the marina like was the easiest thing compared to getting it put in because I had two of them. I was asleep. Thank God. You literally cough, and he's like, and they're like, okay, it's out. <laughs> Which oh, is I think sometimes I still feel them inserting it. Oh, oh, oh God! Ow! That's what it felt like last night. I was like, why does it feel like someone's poking an IUD in me? What the? <laughs> really like there's been there's nothing there's nothing in there. It hasn't been in there since August. What is happening? No, that's funny because like the worst part about having about like labor, having my son, because I had a C-section, you know, so I didn't have to like push him out on my vagina or anything. But the worst part, it wasn't the um, epidural or anything. When I got there, they put a Pitocin drip or no, a Pitocin insert in me because then later they put the drip on. That's that's throughout a bag. But it was like an insert. And that was the most painful part of the entire process. And I wonder if it was like endorated because she just like shoved her whole like arm on my vagina. Mm. And I was like, was that, did we need to do that? I don't, I don't know if we did. <laughs> For anybody listening, <laughs> that doesn't know my, what pitocin my, is. It's a drug that makes your uterus contract. It was, it was horrible. My son's dad was like, she looked like a, a pitcher, a softball pitcher. She like, she wound up and was like shoved her arm and like, Holy cannoli. <laughs> Ow. I don't know why it, you know. Well, that like hurts just me, what, that description. Just, just that's what it made me think take of. me out to dinner first. Come uh, yeah. on. <laughs> even oh. like broke my water and everything. And that, that was, it was all like pretty chill. Except for that. When I realized. I wonder if she hit a spot to that what might have been like endo flared or. Probably. Maybe. You, you know? know. Also like goes to show pregnancy doesn't cure endometriosis. Right. right. Also, just like any surgeries create more scar tissue and scar tissue on top of like endometriosis is just super painful. Plus, like if you have adhesions or anything in there and your uterus is growing and just like imagine like things are supposed to just like freely move out of the way and they just like can't. So I've had two ablations and the first one I had, the doctor was like, oh, it's just all scar tissue and adhesions from your C-section. Mm-hmm. My uterus had like adhered to the wall of my abdomen. So it was like here is my uterus and then it was actually just to be like back here so she like, removed all this tissue and like pushed it back and she was like oh it's not endometriosis it's it's just scar tissue which it was not I mean it was probably both but you know so you had your ablations after your pregnancy Jordan yeah I wasn't even diagnosed when me and Chelsea started working together mm-hmm. yeah because I'd had my first ablation in like I think 20 2018. And, you know, it helped for, you know, six, eight months. And then everything, of course, came back because she just said, oh, I fixed it. I put your uterus back where it's supposed to go. 
I took out scar tissue. You're good. It's not endometriosis. And she was wrong. <laughs> it's your turn to tell your story then. Oh, <laughs> there we go. Here I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, it was like six, eight months later, I started having pain 10 times worse. And then I just, I knew I had it. And then I found Chelsea and we started working together. And I had my second ablation when we were working together, when I got officially diagnosed, but um, I, I knew that I had it. So it took a, <laughs> it took a while that, cause that was 2020, mm-hmm. me and Chelsea, so they're working together. And then that's how I met the rest of you guys is through Chelsea. Yeah. Wow. I had no idea that every, I like, I don't know. I guess when I met you all, I, I had assumed that you all had longer histories with Chelsea, but not, mm. not so much. That's so interesting. No. Yeah, no, we just, um, cause you and I had met at the, for the endo babe retreat, Stacy. Yeah. I had like October, 2020. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's when I entered the mix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess I'll, I'll go from here and tell my little bit. Yeah. I'm Stacy. Hi, everyone. Um, yeah, so I started my period when I was nine, which should have been a red flag, I think, for anyone, but it wasn't apparently. And then when I was 15, I started to get really horrible, debilitating pain. And they just put me on the pill, you know, the That's natural progression of how this all goes. Uh, and I was on the pill for a very long time. And uh, I'm 30, I'm turning 35 in two days. Um, so it's been a long journey. Uh, I got diagnosed in 2020 as well. I had my surgery, I had excision surgery in August of 2020. I had started getting like unbearable 24 seven pain, could barely walk some days, had to go to the ER in New York city during you know, June of 2020 when there were still, you know, morgues on the street. It was crazy. I was like, am I really going to have to go to the hospital right now for this? Like, (laughs) Really? Um, And of course they didn't find anything. And they were like, you're a, okay. Two thumbs up. You can go home. And when I got back down to Texas, because my fiance and I fled quote unquote, the city, our lease was up and we came down here to live with my sister when I got here, my family was like, you are a completely different person. Who is this person? What is happening to you? Because I was in so much pain. I was not optimistic. I was not happy. I was not, you know, my normal self, which is very bubbly and cheerful. Uh, And so through them, actually, my sister's really close friend had a doctor here. And so she referred me and she's not a nook doctor, but trained by a nook doctor. Um, Dr. Sherry Nyman here in Austin, Texas. Um, and she saved my life. I walked in and I was like, these are my symptoms. Please help me. She immediately said, here are your options. You can do medication or we can do surgery. And I was like, well, I, I don't want to do the medication because I've done the medication and I'm kind of looking for other help. And it was so privileged and easy for me easy quote unquote, considering I had had pain for 20 years, (laughs) but during the whole process, you know, um, I was really lucky. It was very fate oriented, very kismet, how it all kind of unfolded. And then through there is when I found Chelsea on Instagram, shout out to Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And just, you know, that's when you were doing your endo babe retreat. And I was like, Mm -hmm. well, I guess I should start forming some community. And, you know, the stars aligned and here we are with all of you beautiful people. hundred mm, percent. And I think I'm very glad that we met in that way because now you're doing such beautiful work with human design. And if anybody has been like a, a listener since the beginning, like you've heard Stacy on here before yeah, talking about human design. Yeah. And yeah. And I have to, I always have to shout out Chelsea because she's the one who introduced it, introduced it. Oh, that's not a word. Ooh, introduced it. <laughs> <laughs> on the endo baby retreat so yeah, I'm always I always have to give credit where credit is due because I would not be where I am with my business without you Chelsea so thank you yeah I just think it's so fun how like little tiny meetings can like change the total direction of your life mm-hmm. and it's pretty beautiful 100% and I love you all oh my god <laughs> I love you. it's your turn Julie 
And is yeah, your tell us about your story. My story, um, I met Chelsea on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm a little more stubborn though. So yeah. I, um, so I have to talk about my endodiagnosis first, I guess, because that happened first. Um, mm-hmm. So I was a little more similar to Stacy in this uh, way that I had like symptoms really young. I got my period at 10. So right, right around the same time. Um, and I was like a C cup by the time I was like 13, which, and I'm a, I'm a tiny little thing. (laughs) Like I'm only five, two and I don't have like big broad shoulders. So it was just, it was a little much, you know? Um, and I had bladder infections, unexplained UTIs. Um, I couldn't wear tampons like really, I mean, I, when I was a teenager, I said, F that I'm I'm wearing these things, but younger, I was like, they were irritating. I could always feel them. People were like, I don't feel mine. I'm like, how, what is that life like? Um, and they were always like 10 to 12 days. They were always like heavy bleeding the entire time. Um, they were dead on though, like my whole life, like dead on, like I, knew I was waking up with it and I knew when it was coming every time. Um, but I had really bad, like PMDD symptoms. Um, like the week before I was a monster, I would eat like the entire world <laughs> and I, <laughs> nobody wanted to be around me. I was like this, like trash gremlin, like just going to eat everything and nobody talk to me, touch me. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's where I'm from. Uh, and it was always like unexplained diagnosis. Um, my pediatrician was kind of different, um, in the sense of they were just like, um, oh, this sounds like anxiety and, um, oh, you might be lactose intolerant. Um, maybe you should just stop eating dairy, like no tests, nothing. You should maybe just stop drinking milk. Okay. Um, (laughs) so that's like where I went. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but I also, in the meantime, went into like one of the most high stress jobs that you can go out there for. Um, so I'm, I was a special ed teacher. (laughs) So I was in fight or flight mode for the 10 years that I was studying and in the career since I was volunteering during my studies. Um, because you have to think of the worst case scenario at all times when you're working with people with special needs and, I was always thinking of the worst possible case scenario in all moments at all times for so long um, that my body, I think, just kind of took over. So I was fine, you know, dealing with my gut issues and such and my mental health issues and such. And then all of a sudden, when I met my now husband, um, we were dating and sex hurt like immensely bad. Um, it had always hurt for me. I just thought that's how it was because nobody tells you differently. And yeah, I don't know. I was, uh, I was 16. Like (laughs) you just kind of just, you're like, okay, this is, this is what it feels like. All right. This sucks for girls. Um, (laughs) and it just, it was so bad. And I knew that it was, our relationship was different already from the get go. So I knew that it wasn't like, him and performance. And, um, we tried everything. And then I just started bleeding like heavily after sex all of the time. And then it was just like the pain came daily. I started to not be able to eat or drink alcohol. Um, and I went and saw my OBGYN for an IUD that we were getting anyway, since I was sexually active and, when they inserted it, she saw my uterus contract like it would for labor. And she was like, oh my gosh. Um, and then we were talking and I told her about the period pain and the sex pain. And she was like, mm, I think you might have endometriosis, but I'm not a specialist and I need you to see one. So I went Googling on my own. Um, I found somebody that took my insurance that had pretty good, you know, um, reviews. It wasn't like, you know, I just went on Google reviews <laughs> um, and I didn't know it because I don't know anybody else with it um, before, like prior to meeting Chelsea. And 
I found a surgeon. They did excision surgery. So this all also happened to me during COVID though. So I saw my specialist like the 3rd of March um, or something like that of 2020. And we had scheduled it for the 17th, I think. I think it was like St. Patrick's Day of 2020. And the 13th is when the world closed down. So I remember getting the phone call of my surgery being pushed back. And at that point, I was in such daily pain that like I, I was kind of bedridden. Thankfully, we were working from home because of COVID at that point. So I was just teaching from my bed um, <laughs> under a heating pad, just like this is where I am all day, every day. Then my surgery got pushed to like May, I think. I think it was like the end of May 2020. And they did the excision surgery. And so I think I started talking to Chelsea after that, blowing her up with like, why am I still in pain? Can you help me? Um, but I was like, I'm still, still I'm so broke <laughs> that I was like, is there any way that you could just help me with advice to get me somewhere to get started before I can start? Because I knew I wanted her as a coach. I was going to do it. It was going to happen. I was like, I'm making this happen. I just don't know when. And then finally, it just got to be where I was blowing her up so much that I was like, are you ready? Because I guess I am because I ask you things every day. (laughs) (laughs) So that's all that happened. (laughs) And then I, you know, went through the coaching program and Chelsea helped me leave special ed. And um, I'm technically kind of more of a social media manager now that more than a VA um, because I mostly schedule people out, which I love. Like, it's just so nice and easy. And I get to be home with my doggies and go to my doctor's appointments. But Chelsea also pushed me to go see a new surgeon, which I was refusing to do. (laughs) Um, I was like, no, I like my team. And she's like, red flags all over the place. Please stop (laughs) seeing your team. They're telling you you're going to live in pain forever. Stop. (laughs) I was like, okay, you're right. It doesn't have to be that way. It took like a month and a half, though, for me to do that. For telling me to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you have to make the decision on your own. I found the best team ever. Um, And then I got a robotic surgery excision, which I promote to literally everyone because it's worth every little bit of medical debt that you have to dip into because I... The first surgery, they only removed three specimens of endometriosis. My second surgery, it was 22. And I'm still on the same team. Um, They are like half my treatment team is with them. So I see my therapist through this place, my surgeon and my pain specialist. Um, Amazing. It's amazing. I I love them. Um, Pelvic Rehabilitation Medicine, PRM, if you can find them. They're all over the U.S. They have Texas locations. Um, Yeah, great, like great. I mean, and they were the first doctors that made me feel validated. I left that appointment like, I didn't have to argue at all. This is wonderful. Even when I said like no birth control, because I already tried that for a year, I was on three birth controls and I was like just getting fat. I'm just gaining weight. Like this sucks. <laughs> Help me. And I don't want to be looked at or touched by my husband, which was like the meanest thing. <laughs> I don't know about anyone else, but like I never had again started my period when I was nine years old. Up until I sought out my surgeon, because I was like, I think I have this. I never once had any practitioner ever say the word endometriosis to me. Mm-mm. Never. Mm-hmm. Like you that Googled is, it yourself? Yeah, because you know what it was is that I kept seeing the commercials mm-hmm. for like, I don't even remember what or it was. Alyssa. It must have been or Alyssa or something. Alyssa, yeah. Um, that was like her. the only thing that the woman said in the commercial was like, sex is really painful. And that's never really been one of my symptoms. I, you know, discomfort in certain positions, maybe, but like pain, that's never been one of my symptoms. And so every time I would see that commercial, I would be like, well, that's not me. <laughs> um, yeah, it turns out it, it is, it is me. And yeah, I wouldn't have known what symptoms to Google. Cause I just thought this is how my body was. Like, I just thought sex was painful and that my period is supposed to be 12 days heavy the whole time. and that. I just can't eat dairy. Like I would have just lived my life. If my endo wasn't like, bitch, sit down. Like if it didn't scream at me to sit down, I wouldn't have, I would have ignored it my whole life. 
Yeah. Well, isn't that, that's such an interesting fact that I think so many of us can relate to, right? Because it's like a taboo thing to talk about like periods and pain and pain with sex and whatever, like you're just supposed to like sex and not, not to be painful. And like, you're a woman, so your periods are supposed to be painful. And so you're like, okay, cool. This is my body. This is just how I'm supposed to be. And then you're in like writhing pain or you're anemic because you bleed so much. Or you like, for me, like I would almost pass out driving my car because my pain would get so bad. And I just thought that was normal. And I was like in and out of the ER here in Missoula and they would just be like, nothing's wrong with you. You're fine. Go home. Here's some like pain meds. Like your parents are getting divorced. So it's anxiety or you're just doing this for attention. Mm. (laughs) And my mom was working in Washington state at the time doing kind of like pharmaceutical, but for ideal protein, which is like a diet plan thing. And she'd become friends with this doctor and she has bad endometriosis. And she was like, my daughter's in all of this pain. And she was like, I have endometriosis. Does my daughter have it? And he was like, bring her over here. We'll do an exploratory surgery. And like, that was it. He found endometriosis everywhere. Like, of course I was passing out driving my car. My bowels were adhered to my abdominal wall. (laughs) It's not just normal, but all of us, like, we just think it's normal. It literally feels like we live the same same life. Like, I never heard a doctor say it either, Stacy. Like when you said that, I was like, me neither. The only reason that I was like, I have this is because my my mom was told she had it. Looking back now, I think she probably had a, a adenomyosis because she had a hysterectomy and was like, fine. So <laughs> it wasn't. I don't think it was endometriosis. But um, you know, when I started having all of my issues, it was just like, oh well you know, it's in the family. And my mom was just like, it's in the family. You know, your, mm. your aunt had this, I have this, we have this, like, it's just, it's just bad genetics. Like, you know, you just kind of have to deal with it. And it, and you're right, Chelsea, like it just, it wasn't, it's not talked about. It wasn't talked about. Like my, in my family, you, you didn't even wear like tampons. Like I had to teach myself how to wear a tampon. Like you, you didn't talk about body parts. You didn't talk about periods. You didn't, talk, you know, and I, I think that that honestly, it just compounds everything so much more because I was over here like, I know I have this. My mom got told she had it. You know, I have all these women in my family who have issues that shouldn't be happening. The doctor that diagnosed my mom and took out my mom's uterus refused to do a lap on me, refused. She she delivered my son and everything and she wouldn't do it. She's like, you don't have it. You don't have it. We're not, we're not doing it. I haven't seen anything on your ultrasound. We're not doing it. And so I just had to, <laughs> just had to find another, another doctor and be like, I need you to do this because I know I have this. And that's how, honestly, I feel like I got to that point because of you, Chelsea, like I, you grow up just trusting <laughs> that doctors know everything. And then you realize like, they really dumps. And Fortunately. yeah. And I think that's such a example of why having f- friends that, have the same condition as you is so important because just being able to talk about it is it's just invaluable like getting resources you know feeling feeling validated you know like sharing experiences and realizing that you're not the only person that you're not a freak and even being able to talk about things like painful sex and all of that like it just it's so important it is. I agree. Just it is. <laughs> it is. It is. But like, too, you make a good point. Like, I'm sitting here and you're saying, you know, you know, my we couldn't talk about it at home. But you can't talk about it at the doctor either because they That's don't. True. Mm-hmm. Like, no, they the don't. minute you get a period, whether it's your uh, pediatrician or you are seeing an OBGYN for whatever reason, if they should be at like. How are we supposed to know if no one's telling us that painful sexes or painful periods are bad? Like mm-hmm. they don't even ask. My OBGYN didn't know that I was having 12 day periods. She never yeah. asked. I'm like, she's yeah. like, you didn't tell me that. I'm like, you never asked. I'm like, you didn't know to <laughs> tell her that, that either because you thought it was normal. Yeah. I feel true. like our <laughs> generation is going to have like a lot of medical trauma. Like our generation mm-hmm. of like endo warriors, right? It's going to have a lot of medical trauma because most of the research is being done right now. Yeah. And like doctors are just starting to kind of like be like, oh, endometriosis doesn't come from the uterus. Cool. Like endometriosis isn't cured by pregnancy or birth control or luperon or hysterectomy. Okay. 
So what is it? And they're doing the research now and it won't be implemented in medical practice for like 17 years, which is nuts. Um, that's just a very long time, but I feel like our generation is just going to have a lot of medical trauma and like having that support system around like having shared experiences makes the world of a difference. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the, tra- like I had my gallbladder out, it wasn't mm-hmm. endo related, but I feel like I ignored, well, ignored symptoms for so long because of the trauma that I felt from like endo and not being validated. And I was like, no, this isn't real. Like this is something else. Or I was like, this is just a weird spot for endo, even though it's never where I felt pain before, but like, it's just part of endo and I'm not going to go to the ER. And so finally it was like months and months and months. And my boyfriend was like, you need to go to the ER. And I was like, no, no, I can't, but you can drive me home to my mom. (laughs) And my mom was like, oh no, we are going to the ER. And then I didn't have gallstones. My gallbladder was just like, I'm finished. Like I've, I've given you like 20. It could have been. I mean, yeah, it could have been. Totally. They did a, no, um, they biopsied it. Is that, yeah, they biopsied it, but they, it didn't come back like anything, but I don't know if they, they probably weren't looking for it. It might not. My second ablation the doctor was like, you have endometriosis. And even if it comes back at the biopsy or whatever sample comes back as not just ignore it. And then, yeah, it came back as not that it wasn't. So whatever. I don't so trust Dr. Garza did my excision surgery in Austin. And it was kind of like a special circumstance. Cause I was working at like that Seton, which is like a Seton Ascension, but like he worked at the, there's like two main hospital systems. He worked at the other hospital system. So he ended up coming to a seat in hospital to do my surgery. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't have to like pay thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for it being out of network or whatever. But that's what he said. He was like, the pathologists and stuff don't know exactly what to look for. So like, you're going to see all these pathology reports come back and say like inflammatory something. And it won't say like endometriosis, but that means that it's endometriosis because there's literally nothing else that would do that. And My surgeon was like, that. if it says possible, it is like, yeah. it, it, it but it wouldn't. just shows you like, even it goes down to like the path, like the lab they don't know and enough. To, to talk about trauma <laughs> in general. <laughs> like, I think as a generation, we also all have that. Cause like I was invalidated by my She's going to be so mad at me. <laughs> I was invalidated by my mom when I was a kid with like, I would, I, I was a clumsy kid. Okay. I get it. I understand why she was like, Julie, it's fine. Like you're fine. I get it. I would fall like out of my chair as a child, just cause they would be talking to me and I would just fall out of my chair. I don't know. Don't ask me. <laughs> I do that now. It's okay. You know, I would um, like in cheerleading, I would, uh, I was doing a tumble and landed straight on my kneecaps on the basketball court and just kept cheering the rest of the game. Cause that's what you do. And went home and I was like limping. And my mom's like, are you all right? And I was like, I think I need to get like my knee checked out. I slammed on it. And she's like, it'll be fine. Like if it's blue tomorrow, we'll go. And not an hour later, my foot was like swollen. So we had to like go to the ER to get fluid, um, like taken out and stuff and all these x-rays. It's just like one of those things. So I was, whenever I'm in pain, I have to be like, is this even worthy? Mm -hmm. Is this worthy Mm -hmm. pain? Or Mm -hmm. like, am I making this worse by thinking about it? Like, so it's like you invalidate yourself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So having like a group of people to go to, like if I had, and like, you know, everybody's different. Like I know to go to my dad with, certain things versus my mom because of their reactions it's like I'm not here to stress my mom out (laughs) like I don't want to call her to be like I think my appendix is bursting she would lose her mind like that is like you know what I mean but if I text you guys and I'm like I think I'm I think it's my appendix you could all be like Julie (laughs) what's going on (laughs) like and just talk me through it versus like panicking and then making my panic worse because that's all it really probably was I mean, it could have just been from pain. It tends to happen, you know. I I definitely feel like that's a generally a collective trauma thing for people of our age. Like our parents are very, you know, 
pick yourself up by your bootstraps kind of attitude. And I remember when I started having, yeah, when I started having endopain, I asked my mom, like, what helped you? And she was like, exercise. And I was like, hmm. Well, every time I walk, I'm literally afraid that my uterus is going to fall. So I don't think that, uh, like, running. me dizzy just thinking about (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you know, and. Of course, it was it. You know, it's not on purpose. It's not malicious, but it's it's that suck it up. You don't need to take care of yourself mentality. Like hustle till you die, work yourself to the ground, sort of attitude. And I, I definitely think it's a a generational. Well, yeah, sweep thing. your feelings under the rug. Right. Yeah. You have a roof right. over your head. You have nothing to cry about. Right. But I have right. wonder if like because we were all like, oh yes, I do that all the time. The kind of like weighing if your pain is severe enough to go to the mm-hmm. ER. Like, is this appendicitis or is it an ovarian cyst? Like, is it bad enough pain for me to go to the ER? Because I know that yeah, I'm going to go there it? and get gaslit and not, mm-hmm. and nothing's going to happen. And you're going to sit I wonder there if for that's... seven hours. Yeah. Yep. Like not forever. in your own bed. Like if I'm in pain, yeah. like that's where I want to be. I don't want to sit in a waiting room for seven hours to then be gaslit, to then get fluids, to then pay $3,000 for fluids. Like that's, yeah. I think that's what I said to Jordan. I was like, I'm not paying three grand for fluids. Like that is, uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. And I just wonder if that's like more of just like the endo community, like mm-hmm. chronic illness community. Like if it's probably more prevalent in us than just our generation as a whole. Right. Yeah. That's very true. That is yeah, very even- true. Like I even had when we were still living in Austin, like I woke up one day and like, I'm, I have like hyper flexible joints or whatever. And like, I couldn't put pressure on my right leg. I was like, Oh my gosh, like my hip hurts. Like, what is this? And every time I'd get up, I was like limping and I waited four days mm-hmm. because I'm like, this is going to go away. Like, it'll be fine. Yeah. And it just never went away. And so I made an appointment with like an orthopedic specialist and I get in there and she's like, oh, it's just probably dancer's hip because you have hyperflexible joints. Just take four ibuprofen. Oh, good God. <laughs> and I took four ibuprofen. Of course, it helped. But like, <laughs> I'm like, cool. Now I'm paying like five, six hundred dollars right. for you to tell me to take ibuprofen. Like I knew that I should have just waited it out. But it is it's like hard to like juggle that. Yeah, that, that stops people from getting yeah from getting care for sure because you you've got you've been to the ER you know three times in the last month and every time you've gone they've either looked at you like you were just trying to get pain meds or mm-hmm. they've poked and prodded at you for two hours and they've been like you're fine and then you get stuck with a huge bill and everything and so it's like well maybe I can maybe I can tough it out it's probably nothing it's probably nothing and I remember right before I found Chelsea I was like. I had been to the ER quite a few times and they just casually prescribed me like codeine just, just in the ER, just casually like, Hey, here, like take this to the point where they're like, it's fine. You know, it's fine. If you, if you need to take it, just take it when you have pain, you know? And I was like popping one after sex every time. You're like, I always have pain. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> you know, well, I went to the ER and they said, that I could take this for pain. So I guess this is normal. And a lot of people do this. And I remember the guy I was dating at the time was like, mm, why are you taking pain meds after sex every time? I'm like, oh, it's normal. <laughs> like it, it prevents you from, from getting help and from getting yeah. care because you're told so many times, or you've been made to feel like so many times, like it's, it's normal. Especially yeah. when they lean on anxiety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like when you're like, my chest hurts and they're like, it's anxiety. Mm-hmm. And you're like, um, no, like there's no way that this pinch in my rib is anxiety. Mm-hmm. It's such a unique pain too. I think that like, not only is it different than like period pain, but like every endo warrior's pain is different. Mm-hmm. And so, but it's also nice to just have a community of you guys that like, yeah, we can message in the group. In our group, yeah. in our group chat, y'all. Oh, I know you're yes. having FOMO. <laughs> um, I'm just being like, do you guys start a Discord and then they can just chat? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, we do should you guys do that. Deal with this kind of pain. Have you ever done this? I, you know, last week I was dry heaving horribly and I messaged Julie and Jordan. And I was like, um, I'm unwell. Does this happen to you guys? Is this what I think it is? Or could it be something else? Right. You know? and, and it's not helpful when you're surrounded by people 
who don't understand the level of pain or the nuances of your pain. And I have one of my roommates, um, I'll never forget this. I'm letting it go. I'm releasing it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You're releasing it from your psyche right now. Yes, right now. Talking about it. Uh, But I remember they, you know, I always had bad periods. Hello, I have endometriosis now. We know why. But every month, you know, she'd be like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm just having a really bad, I'm having a really bad period this month. I'm having a really bad period this month. And I remember one month they said, (laughs) well, is it like, every month, the worst period you've ever had. And I had so many feelings about it because I was like, fucking yes, it is, (laughs) you know? And at that Uh, point I didn't know why. And they had never had any sort of period pain ever, you know, doesn't deal with hormonal issues at all. So it's just like this area of like, you don't get it. You don't get it. And so having a group who, who gets it is just so important. You know, even if you have the most supportive family and the most supportive partner, you know, they just don't get it because I tell my fiance all the time. I'm like, I wish I had a superpower that I could just like, have you feel it just for a second. Like, I don't want to give it to you because that's Mm -hmm. me, but like, just so you can feel what's going on in here. I say that about a lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, everybody should feel this at least once. Uh, but like, even what I was saying too, in the texts in our group, when I was freaking out, I was like, I say this all the time, but I, I say like, it hasn't been this bad though. Like it wasn't this bad. But then I think about last night when I was like in the middle of the night, considering if I should go to the ER or not, like it's, it's like, it really is bad all of the time, but you forget because you're, You can't, you cannot sit here and just be like, I'm going to remember all of the pain that I feel all day long, like, or however often it happens or not, you know, it's just like, Mm -hmm. can't do that. No, I am really grateful for like the support and the group and things like that for anybody listening that would like to join a group. You can message me on Instagram and we could start something. Maybe like a boxer, or I feel like how many people can you have in a Instagram? There would be really funny, I think. Oh gosh, (laughs) I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I'm pretty spicy in boxer. I'm trying to be my best on here, you know. I'm like unfiltered on boxer, Jordan and Chelsea definitely know. (laughs) But that's I'm not as emotional anymore, though, Jordan. Right? I don't cry nearly as much as I used to. No, but you can. Cry I had a good two months. You can of just cry all you want. Really. Friends are reparenting me. It's the wonderfulest. Don't say that. I'm gonna cry. The first time she said that to me, I I was like, let me just cry for an hour. <laughs> We're just all reparenting ourselves, you know. It's so. It can be so ugly and messy and isolating. Uh, yeah, it's just so yuck. And like having a group where you can message and be like, my butthole is killing me today. <laughs> and and not be like you know like judged judged or or like shamed almost mm-hmm. you know it, or it's ignored so important <laughs> I feel <laughs> like some people would just be like lol sorry yeah yeah it, it's just it's a different level it's a different kind of bond and if you don't I I I think it would honestly be so much worse for me personally if I didn't have people to talk to about it because it's like a cycle of you have pain. There's no one to talk to about it. There's no one around you who can relate. There's no one you can go to, you know, you're gaslit, you're, you're shamed, you're made to think that you're crazy or that you're dramatic or that you're lazy or whatever, you know, you, you miss events. Like you can't do the things that you used to all of this together. It it can be a really dark cycle Mm -hmm. and it will get worse if you don't have someone to, or someone's to help pull you out of it and help like helping them in return, you know, like us, like being there for each other, you know, so that when one of us is bad, we can, you know, kind of rein them in and then, you know, vice versa. Like, it's just, it's so, so important that I don't even think I realized how important that having like a tribe or community was in general before it's like a it's like a club that you don't want to be a part of, but once you're a part of it, there's so many like beautiful things 
that come with it, you know, and it's just, you can't do it alone. And like, you, sh- you shouldn't, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have to, like, no one should have to, it shouldn't be yeah, a big look it up and be quiet about it kind of thing. It just, mm-hmm. it shouldn't. Big lessons. And I think this group in particular, cause I know that there are other like subgroups and whatever of the endo community that's like very angry and while, um, mm-hmm. Like, not that we sometimes can't be angry, but we're, we like, I think come at it with more of a light than the, than the darkness. And, um, it's also just really nice to be able to talk to people about it who, who get like the endo and while everyone's symptoms are different, but I would like, I know sometimes like Fred, like your roommates, Stacy get like, I don't know, like fatigued with hearing about it because like it is a monthly, daily, like hourly struggle. It feels sometimes and periods are rough and they don't go away. You know what I mean? Like without, and they continue to happen. So to always be like, to other people, (laughs) I think not that like my fiance isn't super supportive um, or my friends aren't super supportive, but it is nice to be able to like send a text or a like Instagram message to be like, ouch. <laughs> and people be like, my I, I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> my butthole. <laughs> well, and the other best yeah. part about, I think the tribe is, is again, especially on this side of things is that because we all know the ebbs and flows of pain, like people will, you know, will lay low. Like there will be times where it's a group chat, but somebody's laying low and we all know why. And we'll check in to be like, Hey, you alive. Do you need me? But like, we know to not like overbear people, you know, like some groups I felt like in the beginning before I met Chelsea or before I even found her on Instagram, I was overwhelmed by like, just the amount of people like needing my attention or like wanting Mm -hmm. to talk about it so much that it's all that there was. And like in this group, I mean, you can hear it in this podcast. We talk about a lot of things. (laughs) All of it. (laughs) Like, because we are mind, body, spirit. We're all of it. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, heart, we got it all. We got the emotions, you know, but like it's, and I think that, like um, Barbara said, like, because we stay on the lighter side and the more positive side, you bond like actual friendships instead of just like those surface level friendships where you're just like, yeah, oh, yeah. we message on Instagram. But if I text her, I don't hear from her like or that kind of thing. Like, we're not like that. I think I I'm pretty sure I've talked to Jordan like on three different modes of messaging at the same time like we've had multiple <laughs> conversations you're the worst it might be for tiktok instagram Fox oh, TikTok, shit. <laughs> there's been plenty of times where it's been a lot like we will have multiple conversations going on and we're pretty good about sticking to the right ones on the right space but it's yeah. very funny also in this like group or like me and julie especially like she'll send me a long boxer and then put a text like oh listen to this is uh, triggering so don't listen to this until you have like space so like I had a business question asked the, the emotional day. space yeah yeah I had a business question to ask Stacy the other day and I was like I want to ask you now but like don't don't listen to this or don't reply to this until you know you're feeling bad. you're feeling bad um because we've been talking about it so that sort of non-judgment it's I don't think it's necessarily present in every group of people mm-hmm. for sure. I also feel like this group goes beyond the trauma bond, right? Like trauma bonds are right. used to form with people who are going through a similar situation, whether it be a divorce or chronic illness or what have you. And, you know, trauma bonds can be, can be super powerful in, in a high vibrational way, but also a low vibrational way. And I mm-hmm. feel like this group, especially because we, you know, transcend a lot of different areas of life that we can, you know, bond on it's, it goes deeper than that. And I think that that's really important too. Well, and like Jordan said earlier, we all push each other to heal. Like, right. It's like, uh, obviously, especially Chelsea, cause that's what she does, but like she, I mean, 
I don't, I, there was a lot of things I wouldn't have done if she didn't just keep saying it in every session, like a little bird waiting <laughs> for me to be like, Hey, go ahead, fly. You can do it. She'd be like, you can do it. Just go ahead, open your Every wings. Time. And I'd be like, tight, I'm not doing it. But she was patient <laughs> with me. You know, she took her time. <laughs> but like, uh, if, I, if I didn't have that push, you know what I mean? Like the fight for healing is hard when you're in a dark space. And if you have a group of people that are know what you're going through, but also like push you towards healing, like, just do one stretch, just sit in child's pose. You'll be fine. Like you can pick one. You don't have to do 20. You know, that reminder is just, it's wonderful to have. I just want to say, I want to say something too, really quick. You know, it's with like this group. So before I knew you, Julie, I think the first, I don't remember if it was a one of your craft nights, Chelsea, if it was just a call, but I know Barbara, you were there, Stacy, you were there, Chelsea, and it was, so I, I hadn't come out as queer until like last year. And even in this call, I think that I wasn't really completely out yet. And in talking about, you know, just all kinds of endo stuff, we were talking about like sex and all of that. And just like sexuality kind of came through. And I it was one of the first times where I was able to like talk to women who'd had like experiences on the spectrum of sexuality and and it was just so normal and relaxed and I came out like pretty soon after that and this group I'm gonna get emotional I'm getting emotional (laughs) this is like this group of women just you guys just championed me through that like and you know that has nothing to do with and no, but the like bond that we'd like, you know, created just really, you guys are some of the most supportive people through that for me. And there wasn't a lot of people in my everyday life who were supporting me through that. And I think I met Ju- Julia and I like pretty soon after that. And it was she, pretty soon after that because yeah. Chelsea was like, please talk to Gordon. You yeah. can. And she, I mean, and then finally we both were like, I guess we need to talk. Yeah. (laughs) We're, and she's like overly supportive. She's like, stop dating men. Oh my God. Why get a girlfriend? Well, being also somebody who like bloomed late in sexuality or like honestly didn't because I would kiss my girlfriends all the time and people would be like, Julie, that's not normal. And I'm like, yes, it is. Girls are pretty. Why don't you want to make out with your, who doesn't want to make out with their girlfriends? no idea so like here I am running around college like making out with all of my girlfriends instead of boys and because boys are gross but I'm married one you know (laughs) it's like she's literally married (laughs) so I'm one of those girls so I need a bestie who can like date the girls you know like (laughs) live vicariously through somebody because my (laughs) husband is he's just one of a kind you know I guess all the ones that are going that way and found the ones of the kinds you know (laughs) Like all the bi girls are like, I hate all men except for my husband. husband. (laughs) (laughs) He's the one guy I would be straight for. (laughs) Oh, we could have a whole a whole podcast about this, and we probably should. (laughs) We should. It would be so fun. But I just had I had to say that's just like so I will remember it like forever. How supportive every of you were in that for me. Mm -hmm. I love you you all. Love you, Jordan. Love you. Yeah. And I'm so for anybody listening, I'm trying to like think right now for anybody listening that's like, I wish I had a support system or a group or just like anybody to talk to. I'm like trying to think of a place that would be realistic if it was a bunch of people, right? So I'm maybe like the Facebook group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So if you guys are wanting a place that's positive and supportive and that we're all in. Is the Facebook group and it's in the bottom, like in the link in the podcast notes. Yeah, if you need some reparenting, you know, that tough love. Come hang out with us. Yeah. (laughs) And we're not Not clicky. Don't think we're clicky. We're close, but we're not clicky. We're kind to everyone. We are the biggest hype women, but we don't talk to you when it's time to shower. (laughs) 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 I love you, but get up. 
Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then most of the time I'm telling you not to, I'm like, sit down and rest. Just rest. Tough love. 2022 is all about resty. Girl resty. No girl bossy. Oh, yes. Okay. Love that. Mm, Does anybody have any final, anything else they want to say? Final remarks? I always just, the thing I wish I could just tell all people with Ender that are just starting out is just that you're not alone. You're not weird. You're not you know, like you're not freaking not crazy it's you know your pain is real how you feel is real and you're not by yourself and we're all here and we'll we'll welcome you with open arms like chelsea did for us and got us all together i love you guys. Gone, gone a lot of directions which you kept us right there yeah you, yeah <laughs> i was so good at it it was good i tried um but i love you all and if anybody listening again come hang out with us in the facebook group and get loved on by us yes all of that mm-hmm. bye. bye 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 Oh, babe, thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. I had so much fun and I'm so fucking grateful for every single one of you. If you thought that this was helpful or you loved any part of this podcast, I would love, love, love for you to screenshot it and post it on Instagram at Chelsea Bree, C-H-E-L-S-E-A-A-B-R-I and take me. I would love to see what you're getting out of the episodes. It makes me so happy. I would also love it if you'd subscribe to the podcast and leave a review because that just helps other wonderful endo babes find me as well. I adore you and I believe that you don't deserve to feel like shit. You deserve to have a normal life despite endometriosis. I love you so much and I hope you have a wonderful day and I'll catch you on next week's episode of the Endo Babe Podcast.